Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And stand together as we read this passage. Luke begins his gospel, which is his account of the life of Jesus Christ. And he says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. And so I want us to pray today as we think about this passage in, in the beginning the, the, of our Savior Jesus Christ and His life on the earth that do we have that certainty that what we know about Jesus is absolutely true. Let's pray together. God, we pray over Your Word today as we study Luke chapter 1 and, and we remember Your life, Jesus. We thank You that You're right here with us. And God, we ask that you, would, uh, that you would guard and guide and protect us today, that uh, we would hear from you, that your word would speak truth and life and, and, um, and power into each one of us, God. Uh, we pray that whatever our minds may be filled with, whatever troubles, whatever anxieties, whatever hardships, that God, your peace would come in as we remember that you are here, that you came and you lived among us. And you died in our place and you rose again. And so we ask you for that peace that comes with certainty of knowing all that you've done and all that you are. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And I want to encourage you to leave your book, uh, leave your Bible open to the Gospel of Luke today. And, uh, and I wanted to, to, to think about that. The certainty you have about the story of Jesus Christ. There are many out there today that believe it's just a, a legend, that, uh, that the story of Jesus isn't true. And so, uh, so it, it challenges us to, uh, to truly realize that we're celebrating God coming to this earth and, uh, and showing us Otherwise, we would have no idea what God was truly like. He would just be that, that great man upstairs, right? Which is just kind of really vague. We don't really know who that is or, or what, what God is like, except that Jesus Christ came. He was born miraculously of virgin birth, and He lived a miraculous, sinless life. And He died sacrificially for us on the cross. And so I want to I challenge you today, if someone were to ask you in our sermon notes today, why do you believe the Bible is God's Word? What would you say? Uh, what would you say to that? And, and that is a question. If you get out there and you live as a Christian, you identify with Jesus Christ, and you identify as somebody who finds life and meaning and truth in God's Word, they're going to ask you, Today, why do you believe? Why do you believe the Bible is God's word? And and so, for a lot of people, your answer might be, "Well, it's just it's God. It's 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 just it's 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 me. It's it's my truth. It's I've just come to know that the Bible is true." And while that might be a wholehearted answer, that's not really going to help 
people that are really trying to search for God and, and how can I trust in God's Word? How can I believe God's Word to be true uh, versus all the other religious books out there or whatever else it might be? And so an answer that Vody Bauckham gives uh, that I think can help us as we think about how to truly answer that question. And so that's the next part of our sermon notes. We believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents. Uh, It's a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. And so that's what Luke is telling Theophilus. I want you to know what we saw, what, what we truly experienced in the life of Jesus Christ. What we, we were there for these things. We, uh, we know what took place. And so that is what we're believing when we're believing the Bible. It's not a blind leap of faith. Well, I just believe it. Well, the Bible says it and I just... It's not a blind... There is, there is historical proof to back up what the Bible says. There's over 23,000 archaeological digs uh, that, that have proven the Bible to be true. There are so many things about the Bible that if you truly want to know the truth of the Bible, you can, you can believe in what God has done. You can believe in what the Bible says. Now, these eyewitnesses report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies. Uh, It took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and claim that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. So these eyewitnesses report what God did. These supernatural events. Right? Jesus Christ being born of a manger, uh, in a manger, being born of a virgin. Uh, all these wonderful truths that we celebrate during Christmas time, reported by eyewitnesses. And God preserved and protected these documents so that we could know exactly who Jesus is, exactly what Jesus has done, and that God's word is divine rather than human in origin. Second Peter 1:16 says, "For we do not follow cleverly devised myths." We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. So I want to challenge you about what you believe about God's Word. Do you believe in the truth of God's Word? Because more and more today, people will tell you it's it's not believable. It's not reliable. It's not trustworthy. And we have to have an answer as believers. Why do we believe in the truth of God's Word? So I want to challenge you. Do you live with certainty that God's Word is totally true and trustworthy? That as we look at at the beginning of Jesus' life on earth, and, and, uh, and all these miraculous stories that, that, that are part of our Christmas story, do we live with certainty that God's Word is totally true and trustworthy? I want you to take a minute to think about Article 1 in our Baptist faith and message. Um, in our Baptist faith and message, uh, what we believe as, uh, as, as Baptists, what do we believe 
uh, as Christians who go to a Baptist church, I should probably say. And so the Baptist faith and message is just a collection of the doctrines of, of our church, of what we believe as Baptists. So I put these back there in the back, and I encourage you to take one and really study it and pray over it. What do you believe about the Word of God? So we believe the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and is God's revelation of Himself to people. So God reveals Himself to us through God's Word. God's Word is a perfect treasure of divine instruction. It has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. So we can trust what God's Word says. Uh, therefore, all Scripture is totally true and trustworthy. It reveals the principles by which God judges us and therefore is and will remain to the end of the world. What do you believe? Do you have a certainty about what God's Word teaches? About who Jesus Christ is? So if you turn your sermon notes over, let's look into this passage today. Uh, it begins in verse 5, um, beginning with the birth of John the Baptist. And so in the days of King Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. So that was a big hardship for them. Uh, they were faithful. Faithful people go through hardships. It's important that we remember that. When, when I was talking to Christian about following Christ, he asked that question, will it be easy? Will it be easy to follow Christ? And of course, the honest answer is no. Right? It's, 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 there will be difficulties. There will be hardships. But it is worth it. It is worth every minute of hardship to follow our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so they had hardships. Now while he was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So it was his turn to do his priestly duty. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So how awesome is that, that he was surrounded in prayer as he offered uh, this incense, these offerings to the Lord. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and he fell, uh, fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not fear, Zechariah. For your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom, uh, the just to make ready uh, for, for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. 
And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this, uh, this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. And so, do we believe these these truths that that God uh, allowed Elizabeth, he miraculously helped her and healed her body so that she could conceive and give birth to John the Baptist, the very one that would go before Jesus and clear the way, preaching repentance, repent and turn for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, The very one that said, I'm not even worthy to tie Jesus' sandals. Uh, And he would point people to Jesus Christ. Behold, the Lamb of God. And so do we believe in the miraculous? Before this took place with Zechariah and Elizabeth, there were hundreds of years of no prophecies, no miraculous works. It just seemed like God was silent. For all these years, from the book of Malachi uh, till, till, till Zechariah sees this vision, we don't have any recorded miracles of God. It was a period where people were silent, and yet, or where God seemed silent, and yet there was this faithful remnant. There were men like Zechariah willing to trust in God through these dark times, and God broke through. And God broke through and Elizabeth gave birth to John the Baptist. So do you live with a certainty that God has broken through the darkness and continues to work miraculously? As believers, we're going to go through hard times. We're going to go through struggles and hardships. And we've got to have a certainty that God is in control and God is doing something great. Even through the greatest tragedies of life, Even through grief and hardship, God is at work. And He has a plan that is beyond anything any human being could come up with. He has a plan and He is bringing His plan to fruition. And we've got to trust in Him. We've got to be faithful to Him. Do we live with that certainty that God breaks through the darkness, that He is continuing today to work miraculously to seek and save the lost? The story goes on in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered him, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Uh, So do you live with that certainty that God... You know, think about being married. This young girl... Uh, and, and God comes upon her, this angel tells her she is going to give birth to the Son of God, to the very Son of God. And so imagine uh, what she would have been going through and what she would have been feeling. Do you believe in a God that can do that, that, can, uh, that, that you know, can so, has such miraculous power that a virgin can give birth to a son? And that's the God that we believe in. Do you live with the certainty in God's provision, in God's plan, in God's power to fulfill His promises? And so that's the next part of our, of our sermon notes there. Do you live with that kind of certainty in God's provision? That's what Mary had to have. She had to believe that God would provide everything she needed for this. She had to live with that certainty in God's plan. She had to live that God would provide, that He would provide what was needed to overcome all the people that were going to call her uh, you know, a sinful. Uh, we're going to say she had cheated on Joseph. We're going to say that she had been promiscuous or whatever. God had to provide help for all that, for that provision, for God's plan and for God's power. She had to trust in His power to fulfill God's promises. Do we live with that certainty that whatever is going on in our lives, God is in control and God knows what He's doing? And then in verse 37, the angel tells her, for nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Do you live with that certainty that nothing is impossible with God? That nothing is impossible with God. You can so trust in God that He's going to provide what you need. Now, it may not be everything you want. All your wants may not be under the Christmas tree. But everything you're going to need to live a life that honors and glorifies God and exalts Jesus Christ, He is going to provide for you. Everything you need, everything He calls you to do, He will provide. He has a plan And He has the power to fulfill His promises in your life and in my life. Do you believe in the God that can do the impossible? Listen to what Mary says. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. God is calling her to do the miraculous. God is calling her to rise up as a young lady, to stand against all sorts of criticism, all sorts of gossip, and to birth the Son of God. It is impossible. This is not, it's not humanly possible for any of this to take place. And yet she has the faith to say, Behold, 
I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. God calls believers to do hard things. To shine a light in the darkness. Do you believe? Do you trust in God? Do you have such certainty in who God is and what Jesus Christ has called us to do that you're willing to say that I'm the Lord's servant? I do what He says. I say what He wants me to say. I go where He's calling me to go. I live as He's calling me to live. I want to live according to the Word of God. Jesus Christ became flesh and dwelt among us. And we want to invite you to our Christmas Eve service and we'll look at the the life and the birth of Jesus Christ there. So on Tuesday at 6, we're going to meet for Christmas Eve service and uh, and our choir is going to sing and uh, and we're going to have a musical and and communion together to celebrate the birth of our Savior and to remember that He died on the cross for us. He became flesh and dwelt among us that we can live and thrive. God doesn't want us to walk around in in gloom and misery. And sometimes we're going to go through hard times and we're going to grieve and struggle, uh, but we've got to do so with life, with hope, with meaning that God is at work no matter what is going on. He wants us to live and thrive in the certainty of who Jesus is, of what Jesus has done, and of what He promises to do in the future of what He promises to do in the future. And so I want to encourage you, are you living, are you thriving in the certainty of Jesus Christ, of all that He's done? Are you trusting in His plan, in His provision, in His power? Are you truly celebrating the birth of a Savior? Or are you just going through the Christmas motions and hanging out with family and having a good time? Oh, that's wonderful and important. But most important is to remember that God is a God of miraculous power. He is a God that came into the darkness of this world and He sent the light of His Son, Jesus Christ. And the world, the flesh, and the devil tried to put out the light of Jesus. They crucified Him. They beat Him beyond human recognition. They did everything to put out His light. And three days later, He rose again. And that light is still shining today. And I pray that it's shining in you. Everywhere you go, that light of Jesus Christ needs to shine. Romans 5.8 says that while we were still in our sin, right, Christ died for us. He accepts you as you are. Come to Him today as your Savior and your Lord if you don't believe God's Word. If you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus Christ, if you haven't been baptized, today's the day to respond to that. To realize, to come to God as you are. To come to God by faith in Jesus Christ. By grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, we're saved not by our works, but by the work that Jesus has done for us. That's how God shows us His love. While we're still sinners, He died for us. And then He loves us so much that He doesn't just leave us there. Real faith in Jesus doesn't just make a a public display, hey, I'm a Christian, and then live like the world. God changes us and transforms us. And until the day we die, we change and grow closer to Him. And so we encourage you today, do you live with certainty in our Savior? 
Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before You today to pray for that certainty. God, if there's people today and they're struggling with doubt, or they're struggling with grief, or they're wondering, how are You going to provide? What is Your plan for their life? I pray that You would help them today to put all of their trust in You. I pray that Your Word would speak into our hearts today. That the life of Jesus Christ would rise in us and that we would shine Your light in the darkness of this world. God, that we wouldn't just go through motions here today that have no meaning, but that we would open the door of our hearts and let Your light shine. And that we would repent of unbelief, that we would repent of half-hearted devotion, that we would repent of self-centeredness and worldliness and whatever else might be in our lives that's trying to put out that light of Jesus Christ. And that You would help us today to rise in Jesus' name and to shine for You. So as we close today, God, if there's someone here that doesn't have faith in You, that is not saved, that You would just show them today's the day to be saved. Today is the day to repent of their sin and trust in, in You, Jesus. Trust in Your finished work. Give them courage to come forward today to make that decision public and to let everybody know that today is a day they're putting their trust in You. Or if there are believers here today that have a heavy heart, if they're here today, they just need prayer for encouragement. Or if they're here today and there's sin in their life and they know they need to get right, help them to come forward and get right with You today. But most importantly, God, as we close, help us to worship You, to exalt Your name. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.